Once when Macy was like six, this is a quote from the dentist chair. Okay, this is from the dentist. Quote, Mason, you cannot kick me. End quote. All right, enough of that. Let's get to this episode where we're going to talk to a dentist. We're going to talk about some of these dentist issues. Today, we're sharing a conversation that I got to have with Samantha Healy, who is a pediatric dentist and a mother to a lovely, ridiculously adorable little boy with Down syndrome. Um, This is a good one, and we cannot wait for you to listen. We're going to shout some worth. We're going to shift some narratives to people with Down syndrome. Welcome to Lucky Few Podcast. Listener friends, the National Down Syndrome Society is excited to share its newest health and wellness program. Three, two, one, go. The three, two, one, go program promotes healthy lifestyle choices and physical activities, balanced nutrition and emotional wellness among individuals with Down syndrome and their families. The foundation of the three, two, one, go program is a set of three daily goals and 21 challenges that encourage a daily focus on overall well-being. Resources for the program provide education, support goal setting, and foster independent skills. Taking care of our bodies and mind is so important for us to be healthy in the present and to ensure our loved ones with Down syndrome age well. Successful aging starts young. This holiday season, we encourage you to give the gift of health and invest in your loved one's future. Just for lucky few podcast listeners, that's you. So listen up here. Just for you listeners, NDSS is offering $10 off the fitness kit. This offer is good from November 1st through December 9th with the code LUCKYFEW. All orders placed before December 9th will arrive in time for the holidays. So please visit NDSS.org slash 321GO for more information and to buy a fitness kit today. All right, before we get into this episode, here's the thing, friends. We tried so hard to schedule this with all of us on, with Mercedes, Micah, and me all on this episode. Here's why. This episode feels really important because I don't know if you remember episode one. This is episode 185. So if you've been with us for 185 episodes, thank you for that. Amazing. Um, And if you've been with us since the beginning, then you have heard us talk many times about how this podcast got started. So here's the story. I get a phone call in 2017 from my dear friend, Micah Boyette. Micah says, Heather, what do you know about podcasts that feature someone with Down syndrome? And I don't know anything. She says, have you ever thought about doing a podcast? Here's the thing. Mercedes and I, Mercedes Lara, my older sister, Harmony and I, for a couple of years have been joking slash very serious about starting a podcast. But here was what I kept saying. I would love to have a podcast, but what would it be about? Hmm. I wonder, I literally had not one thing I could think of for it to be about. And then Micah said, what if we did a podcast on Down syndrome called the Lucky Few podcast? And I thought, Micah Boyette, you are brilliant as always per usual. And then I told her about my friend Mercedes and said, I want to have Mercedes on the, on the show too. And here we are, the three of us. Um, and Micah's whole thing was she was a podcast listener and she was trying to find some kind of a podcast episode that could help her 
with her son, Ace, and the dentist and what kind of toothbrush she used, and she couldn't find anything. So this entire podcast, The Lucky Few Podcast, came together because of Micah needing to find an interview with a dentist. Here's the funny thing, friends. It took us 185 episodes to get a dentist on, but here it is. Here is the episode that started the whole thing, and we're so excited for you to hear it. Before we jump over to my interview with Dr. Samantha Healy, let me read a review. This comes from extra few words, words spelled with the U, W-U-R-D-S, who shared, so glad I found your podcast. In the last year on the way to therapies, I have finally caught up on listening to every episode and learned so much. Thank you. Our little guy, Rusk. Oh, pause. Rusk, that is such a great name. Oh my gosh. Unpause. Was born on April 16th, 2020, and he brought so much extra joy to our family. We decided to adopt another little boy rocking an extra chromosome. Last month, we brought him home from Siberia, from a Siberian orphanage, and the boys are a week apart learning to walk and love. They're learning to walk and they're learning to love together. This is amazing. Hashtag extra few words, W-U-R-D-S. Thank you so much for leaving that review. I so so you know then, you know about if you've listened to every episode, you know all about the importance of this episode today. And without further ado, let's get to it. Okay, friends, I am here with Samantha Healy. She is a pediatric dentist and the mother to a child with Down syndrome. Um, she reached out a few months ago after hearing me say that we need a dentist on the show. Friends, we talked about this a little bit in our intro, but if you've been following since the beginning, the whole per- reason this podcast exists is because Micah needed a podcast about her, to listen to a dentist talk about a child with Down syndrome at the dentist office because she was looking for someone for her son Ace. I said that so poorly, but you know what I mean, friends, especially if you've been around here, but here we go. We have a dentist today. So she's here to share all of her wisdom. I love that she also is a part of this Lucky Few community. Um, Samantha, we're so happy you're here. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Yeah, it's um, not something I ever expected to be speaking about on a podcast, but (laughs) I'm happy to help in any way, like a part of the community that we can, you know? I love it. So good. Okay. Tell us um, more about yourself. I want to know where you live mm-hmm. and then about your family. Yeah. So I um, actually grew up in Arkansas. I'm from Arkansas originally. I lived there through college. Um, and then I went to dental school in Kansas city for four years. And then after dental school, I wanted to do a residency for peds to specialize just in kids. So um, I went to Indianapolis to do that for two years Um, I graduated there in 2015 from the residency, um, and then I moved to Denver for a brief period of time, but I realized I didn't really want to be there that much. I wanted to be more rural. So I found a job working um, on an Indian reservation, the Salish and Kootenai tribes um, in Polson, Montana. So I moved there and worked for five years for the reservation, did some loan forgiveness, Um, And then I met my husband and he's from Kalispell, Montana, which is where we currently live. Um, Married him in 2019 and we kind of were all over. We moved to Germany for a bit and did some contracting with the army. Um, I still was working in Polson and then I joined a private practice and where I work as an associate now in Kalispell. 
Um, it's called Cowspell Kids. And then we had our son Noah in 2021. I can grab him really fast if you want to see him. Yes, I want to see him. And listeners, maybe we'll get permission to post some pictures. He's kind of we can hear him. Oh my gosh, you guys! Say hi. Hi, it's Noah. Hi, Noah. Say hi, Noah. Say happy Noah. I love you so much. I'm gonna kiss your face. Look at those cheeks. He is getting so fat. That belt. <laughs> look at that tummy a little yeah. herniated belly button I see that I see you <laughs> Hold um, my kids on that. so yeah he was born in 2021 just last year wow and we did not know that he had down syndrome uh postnatal diagnosis I guess is what yeah they we had but he came a little he came three weeks early we had I had um interuterine growth restriction okay with him. So they were just worried about him not growing. Um, and he didn't have a lot of amniotic fluid around him. Um, no signs of down syndrome at all during pregnancy, nothing at like the 20 week scan, nothing we had to go in for, I had to go in for uh, scans twice a week with him with maternal fetal medicine. And those scans showed nothing. Wow. That's wild. Down syndrome at all. And in fact, I had at the 20 week ultrasound, cause we were living in Missouri which is just two hours south and we had a different OB and I had gone for my 20 week and the nurse there said oh well we found this EIF on his heart and that could be a sign of down syndrome and I was distraught um and went back and talked to my OB and he said well you should be worried because I've never seen I've never seen a down syndrome kid born with there's this one marker so that really put our minds at rest so I don't even think down syndrome was like on our radar at all So then he came out a little early, came three weeks early, um, and he wasn't breathing very well and he had really low tone and, uh, that's when they started getting a little nervous. And so we stayed in the NICU for 10 days with him, trying to make sure his oxygen was fine and doing some tests and still nobody really was calling it down syndrome at the time. One of the neonatologists was like, I'd be surprised if he had down syndrome. Um, but they did the test anyway, because of his low tone and, um, sent it off to, Air Children's Hospital in Montana. And then uh, we got the results back two weeks after we'd taken him home that he had was positive for trisomy. Okay. 20. So you, okay. This is a whole other podcast um, topic. We're just going to go there. You, first of all, get married and then a worldwide pandemic hits. You're newly married and then you get pregnant and then you have a baby during a pandemic. Yeah. We've been on a wild ride since we got married. And I'm 35. So, I mean, I'm not young. I, I got married later, later in life. Um, it's like 35 is very young and, young, and but I think it's super young. So I, okay. So you have this baby and he, you don't know that he has down syndrome until he's almost a month old, mm-hmm. right? Three and a half weeks or so. Pretty much. And so you have fall. Okay. You've fallen in love with this baby who doesn't have down syndrome, but does. And then you find out your baby has Down syndrome. Can you walk me through that? In a way, I'm really happy that we did not know he had Down syndrome at first. So yeah, it was nice to take him home for a couple of weeks. And then when we found out, I just, we came home, we're obviously crying. You think your world is over or you just kind of think, why did we have this kid? You know, what, what decisions have we made that have led us here? Um, is God punishing us? Um, you know, you kind of go through a gambit of, weird, crazy thoughts that 
are totally irrational. Mm. Did I cause this? Obviously, no, I'm educated. I, sure. I know that we didn't cause this. Um, and I just remember laying on the bed and we cried and cried for maybe an hour, not even that long, I think. But finally, my husband looked at me and he was like, get up. His name's Josh. He was like, we're going. Um, we were going to go camping that weekend anyway. So he was like, we're taking Noah. We're going to go camping. We're getting away from cell phone service or anything. So we just took him and we went camping for the night up um, a river that's close. And we just hung out as a family. And I think um, we did kind of in, in intrude into ourselves for a little bit. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, as you know, it's, I don't even know how to describe it. I don't feel like there's enough words to say like how life altering it is, especially when you're grieving the loss of a child that you thought you were going to have. And then you think you have a child that doesn't have down syndrome. And then you get told that your child does have down syndrome, just getting whiplash of emotions, like going back and forth. Um, and I still think it's going to be hard. Like, I feel like we're in such a good place now with it. Um, but, and that's a, we're 14 months in 15 months in. So, but I still think there's always going to be those times that come up that are just sad and emotionally like overwhelming. Um, like my sister-in-law is pregnant now and it is, it's a little difficult just to be like, oh man, you're going to have a normal birth and a normal experience and your kid's going to be neurotypical and you're probably going to have zero problems. Like I had a C-section. So that was also like, mm. gosh, you know? Um, so yeah, that, those times are hard, but, um, yeah, I just remember being devastated, I would say, and hopelessly overwhelmed and hopeless, you know, about our future when we got the diagnosis. Wow. Thanks for sharing all that. Yeah. So transparently it's heavy and, and I think a lot of our listeners can relate to a lot of it and it's not that long ago. I think that's the thing about all grief, right? Anything, if we're grieving the loss of anything, whether it's a real thing or an idea of what we're hoping for or what we thought would be, um, grief comes in cycles, right. Mm -hmm. For anyone who knows about grief and, uh, my co-host Mercedes, who's not on obviously right now with me, she adopted her daughter who has Down syndrome and I have two kids with Down syndrome. I've adopted both of them. And so the grief journey was different in that there wasn't a moment of a diagnosis that we weren't expecting. I never expected to have a child with Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of my unexpected grief came from infertility diet, like me being diagnosed with infertility. And that was, you know, like I'm doing okay. And then, yeah, someone has, someone else is pregnant and then I'm going through the phases. But even now with my oldest is now 14. And even with Halloween coming, well, we're recording this on the day of Halloween. I'm watching her peers make all these plans to yeah. do whatever for Halloween and it's not something that she can be a part of in the way that her neurotypical peers are a part of it. She yeah. can do her own things. And it's just like, hits you of like, for me personally, I don't grieve that she has down syndrome at all. Yeah. I'm this many years into it, you know, but I grieve a world that still doesn't know how to love her well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And how that affects her and how that affects her family unit. And like, it just hits. So it's, yeah, it's a journey for sure. And I think it's interesting too, because Macy's my oldest and this is your first kid. Mm -hmm. And how many times I know when I was in your shoes, like at this age, you know, for those first few years, it's like, is this Down syndrome? Is this just a baby? And you don't know because you have nothing to compare it to. Nah. <laughs> right. And I tell, yeah, I tell moms all the time who their first kid has Down syndrome. Like most of the time 
this is just being a new mom. Like it's so much to be a mom for the first time. Oh yeah. Probably has nothing to do with Down syndrome or very little. Like this is going to happen no matter who your kid is, but it's, um, but you can't, you can't separate it out and it's not ours to separate out. Right. You just have to like hold the tension of all of it, the beauty and the love and the grief and all of it at the same time. And oh yeah. I think what makes yeah. us better people. Josh always says he's thankful that Noah's our first because we don't know any different. I mean, yeah. no matter how many kids we've been around and I work with kids, it's like, I still wouldn't have known what an infant was going to do or when they were going to do it. So Noah, it, it is nice to just not know, like have someone to compare him against. So yeah, he just gets to be Noah. Mm-hmm. Well, he's so cute. I can't even handle that cutie pie. You guys, he's a little blondie. So then let's talk about, let's, jump over to your career as a dentist and how, like what your experience is in that field and even working with people with disabilities mm-hmm. in the dental chair. Cause that's a whole thing, girl. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of wild. Um, being a pediatric dentist, we definitely fall into a special category where we take care of kids up until 18. And then also anybody with a special healthcare need, which could be just, um, as simple as like a developmental delay undiagnosed or up to, you know, trisomy 21, ADHD, autism, congenital heart defects, um, really anything where they would maybe need a little bit more TLC, um, or a little bit, uh, more of an in-depth dental experience than mm-hmm. they would get general dentist. So me, my kids may see in August, Mason's 14, August is eight, both went to the dentist last week, August, my son, since he has started going to the dentist at three years old, he goes like, it's his job and he's a professional. I mean, it's sort of unbelievable. Just like this is what I do for a living. Let me slay the dental chair all the time. Macy goes like, she's allergic to the dentist and it has only ever been a struggle for 14 years or whatever for 11 years. It's like, here we go again. We've done all, we've done so many things and it is just really stressful. (laughs) But what are some common challenges that you have found in kids with Down syndrome when it comes to dental health? Yeah, I would say the dental anxiety. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if that comes from, they have to go to the doctor so often, like Mm -hmm. no one gets blood drawn every six months and goes to the doctor every three months or whatever their little protocol is for them. And kids with heart problems go Mm -hmm. way more than he does. So I don't know, some of that might come from like the dental anxiety of just being like, oh, I I have to go to the doctor. And like, now this is like going to be a painful visit, or this is going to be something I don't enjoy. Um, So I think a lot of the dental anxiety that we get, and then I know a lot of, or more more recently, I've heard of other Down syndrome kids having comorbidities of like ADHD or autism, undiagnosed autism or diagnosed autism. And so that actually just adds like a whole nother layer where you're like, now we're dealing with multiple syndromes stacked on each other, multiple years of, you know, treatment, multiple doctor visits and trying to unravel all that, not trauma, I want to say, but all of those past experiences and what they looked like at someone else by the time mm. we see them is really, really difficult. Mm. Um, so I think the best thing to do, like to kind of avoid some of those challenges, I would say would be, you know, having your kid come in early, like first tooth, first visit is what we say and what we recommend. Um, I know that's hard sometimes for people to think, Oh, what are you going to do? What would you look at? But it does really alleviate a ton of the dental anxiety that I think is the hardest challenge for us. 
um, the dentistry is fine and the malocclusions and whatever else we might find in their mouth, we can deal with that. But I think the dental anxiety, actually having them have a positive experience or lay down in the chair, or even let us look at their teeth. Like if you can alleviate that, you can handle a lot mm -hmm. more situations. Um, but having them come in at their first tooth, first visit, or when you start seeing like one-year-olds, even if they don't have any teeth in at one, you can still have them come in, get used to the dental, make mm. it a habit. You know, anything that's habitual is going to be way easier. And I found that the kids that do come in really early, they oftentimes go like it's their job. They don't mm. have a problem. They get and then they have a lower chance of having anything happen to them traumatic at the dental office, like having a cavity just because mm -hmm. we're going to catch it so early or they're not going to get a cavity because we're giving you preventative education. Um, so having them come in early, I think can do that. Um, as far as like the dental challenges, um, you know, you've probably noticed in your own kids' mouths, they have a really small mid face. So basically they're like cheekbones down to the top of their upper lip is really short or it's like set back. They may look like they have a flat face or like their mid face is sunken in a little bit with that. They're going to probably, most of them are going to develop into like, um, a bulldog bite is what mm -hmm. I really tell um, people that it looks like, you know, they have a really hard chin, mm -hmm. their chin jets out, their bottom teeth poke out in front of their front teeth. And that can lead to just some chipping and some wear on your teeth that isn't helpful. Um, it's also not aesthetically pleasing. You know, it can cause some of that um, self-awareness where they're like, oh, I don't look like someone else, you know, mm -hmm. or I don't look like the other kids in my class. Mm -hmm. They can have delayed eruption, which I don't think is a bad thing because the more, the older that they are, when they get their permanent teeth, the more responsible they are, the more dexterity mm -hmm. they have. Mm -hmm. I think it's a good thing when they have a little bit of delayed eruption, but I know Noah didn't get a tooth until he was 12 months old, whereas mm -hmm. other children might be like six to seven months. Mm -hmm. They're going to have smaller teeth most likely, um, which is also just, it's not a bad thing. It's just not aesthetically pleasing, which can be sometimes hard once they start getting like socially aware of their peers. The other thing that can happen is they can develop uh, periodontal disease. So like gum disease really easily. Um, they can also have a lot of crowding just because of that short mm. face on the upper, they're probably going to have really crowded teeth on the upper, um, which can cause some impacted teeth, um, may having to have teeth taken out, have some dental surgery, some oral surgery to get teeth taken out. Um, and a lot of times with the crowding, it can be corrected, but you have to go see an orthodontist. And with that, like some kids with their anxiety or with their cooperation, mm -hmm. it kind of depends on their development and how helpful they're going to be as far as getting that done. So a lot of times it can't be corrected. I mean, there are the small, the, the small number of cases that can be, but a lot of times braces do require a high amount of cooperation to get those teeth corrected. Um, a lot of kids grind their teeth, um, bruxism. So the squishing of their teeth together and kind of wearing them down in an uneven pattern can cause sensitivity and it can hurt their joint and it can give them big headaches, um, you know, and trying to get them to wear a night guard at, at night is right. really impossible. I don't, I've never, I haven't tried. I've never given one, I've recommended one. <laughs> um, the one that I did recommend, I think the mom was like, oh, he chokes on it. And I was like, okay, you know, <laughs> um, and that's like most of it. Some kids can be missing teeth too. I would say there's like another one of like dental complications that come from having Down syndrome. Now this isn't, and this could be like kind of translated to a lot of syndromes. It's not just sure. specifically Down syndrome, but since we're talking about Down syndrome, those are the things you can look for um, when your kiddo starts getting teeth in. Um, yeah. That's all helpful to hear and to know.
what do okay a couple of things what's your opinion on just let's just drug them every time <laughs> okay maybe not that sounds harsh but what are you, what is your opinion on giving kids something in the chair to get a cleaning or is that not something that we should ever do just for a cleaning i think it kind of depends on <laughs> the practitioner um okay. a lot of times it, it also depends on their like their spectrum right like down syndrome is such a spectrum. Some kids come in and they have no problem and you could use the scaler, like the little metal instrument and clean them off and mm-hmm. have zero incidents. Some kids won't get in the chair. Some right. Kids won't open those kids. We do try. And actually at our office, we've been trying to develop more of like a protocol to kind of talk with parents and be like, okay, we want to take them to the operating room and have them go under general anesthesia every year or every two years to get a really good cleaning, take x-rays, make sure nothing's going on in between the teeth and then have them uh, be done for like the next two years. Yeah. So we're definitely not opposed to it. I've never done, we don't do oral sedation, like a Valium mm-hmm. or ever said, um, I've never done it on, um, special needs or a down syndrome patient. I think most of the time it's just trying to get them to cooperate without yeah. of some pharmaceuticals, you know, trying to make mm-hmm. it a good appointment for them and let them know that they can do it without that. But yeah, like I said, it kind of depends on their development. It's not a terrible idea, but I think trying to get a kid to do stuff without in the dental chair without intervention on the pharmaceutical side is is much better for them just mentally and sure. for the parent having to yeah. deal with the kid afterwards it's sedated, especially yeah. probably a very heavy, very strong Down syndrome child. Yes. I wish that everyone could join me at the dentist with Macy. It's quite an ordeal. Um, we've, she's come a long way. I'll say a long way. And it is every, we go every six months, like religiously, and she will get in the chair. Absolutely. She doesn't want anything on her teeth. Yeah. Like fluoride toothpaste. So what are, what are things that we can do at home? Like Macy will, my oldest will not use toothpaste. And I, at this point, I don't care. Here's what Josh and I say. My husband's name is also Josh. My husband and I often say, about a lot of things in all of parenting. We have a child without a disability as well. Will this matter in five years, right? Like what battles are we fighting? This is gonna matter in five years. And with teeth, it does. Yes, in five years, this all matters. But Macy does not, will not use toothpaste at all. So it's just, I'm like hoping there's enough fluoride in the tap water, you know, and just the toothbrush. Um, But what are things at home that it's like, this feels like really important now, and will definitely matter in five years to do with our kids at home with their teeth. Yeah, for sure. I think keeping the routine, the six months, every six months, because if you go and you find something small at six months, it's very easy to fix. Mm-hmm. Oh, in two years, it's not as easy to fix. Um, so keeping that routine down, I would say, yeah, checking your fluoride. If you can check your fluoride at your water, I know we don't have fluoride in our water. And if you have fluoride, you're totally probably fine. You can also brush without toothpaste. Um, what you're mostly trying to do is disrupt. There's like a little plaque when your teeth feel fuzzy or like they have a sweater on them, that's plaque mm. buildup. And so you're really just trying to disrupt that membrane. It's organized so that bacteria and bugs can't sit in there and food can't sit in there because it gets sticky. So if you can disrupt that, even with a toothbrush with water, it's mm-hmm. better than no brushing at all. So if she's like, the toothpaste, you can literally just use the toothbrush and that's fine. Um, the toothpaste is helpful because it is abrasive and it will like really scrub those teeth, get some stains out, help disrupt that bacterial membrane. But a lot of times if they don't, it's fine. Or you can use a washcloth if she doesn't like mm-hmm. toothbrush or toothpaste. 
using like a warm washcloth. And like, that's what we tell parents that are breastfeeding and trying mm-hmm. to do the addition of food. If you can't get in there with a toothbrush, use a washcloth. It's just trying to like disrupt that membrane that's building up on there and also get away some of the sugar and the food that they've been eating mm-hmm. all day. I say the nighttime brushing is the most important. Um, the morning brushing is important as well, but that nighttime brushing after um, dinner and snack or dessert, whatever, water only after the brushing and then to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also get a high fluoride toothpaste, um, but I don't. It won't work for me. See if she mm-hmm. doesn't want to use toothpaste at all. Um, if you're ever worried, like your doctor, your dentist could prescribe a higher fluoridated toothpaste. Um, you can also try, I know there's a lot of at-home remedies like baking soda and water, um, but that's going to taste terrible too. Yeah. Um, and I know a ton of companies have been coming out with like chocolate flavored or watermelon flavor, or I don't know, cherry, you know, all right. flavors. Um, and I'm having to eat a little bit of crow now because I didn't have a kid until a year ago and I'm just telling people what I know and what I've learned. And I have to tell you this so that you have the information and Noah hates brushing his teeth. It's terrible. He cries every night and Josh and I are just getting geared up for it every night, <laughs> We're just pumping each other up. Like, how are we going to do this? But in the end, I'm like, well, he did cry for a minute or 30 seconds or whatever, but I'm like, he won't have to have a filling or he won't have to have sedation. Mm-hmm. Or he won't have to have general anesthesia. So I'd say, even though those fights, like you're saying, it is worth it in five years to have this fight and to have this argument and to maybe cause a little bit of tears for that nighttime brushing, just because that's so temporary, like, and it mm. will go away and eventually it will catch up to the point where they are brushing and Macy will run a brush and she will take care of her teeth at some point. Um, but it is worth that argument at the night brushing. Yeah. I, um, I tell parents, I'm like, you might just have to hold them down or yeah. ever, you know, but it's worth it. Is there a toothbrush that you found even with Noah being little, that is better than another, like a more fun kind of thing, or even like a chewy, like it, is it even helpful for a baby or a toddler to like, even just chew on something that has like a bristle? Yeah. Just chewing on something that has a bristle will also help. Um, we have a couple, like, I don't know the, there's a silicone one that has like a, uh-huh. a thimble and it has little silicone brushes. Um, that can help be fun because it's like the parents engaging. You can put it on the kid's finger and let them do it themselves. We just have a normal little baby toothbrush that we got from my office it has a really small head on it. And if you notice, there's this part of the toothbrush that's different colors, like the little blue part right there. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is basically a guide for where you should be putting toothpaste. Oh. So if you want to do um, like an infant, you just put like a little rice or like a little smear sized amount just right on that middle part, right on the little blue part. Okay. And then that's enough. So you're really not even using that much toothpaste when you're brushing for an infant. Yeah. Anyway, like Macy not wanting to use toothpaste, I would say just Chinese warm water for her. Yeah. That helps. Um, so we just use this normal fun one. I don't even think he knows what it is really. We tried to use this one because it has softer bristles, but it doesn't have a little color on it. It yeah. also has like cool little teething ring on it, but he can't really hold anything yet. So this one's kind of obsolete at our house, but yeah. Okay. So I guess the answer is find what works for you, yeah. right? Find what works for your kids. Is the one that we use. Yeah, so there you go. Electric, that's great. But with the electric ones, I find that a lot of kids put the electric toothbrush in there and then they just sit it there and they don't actually brush with it. And you're like, bro, that's not doing anything. You still have to brush with it. Even if 
it's vibrating. You still have to do the brushing motion to make sure that it's working. So sometimes okay. it okay. on the like, note of electric, of electric toothbrushes, are you familiar with auto brush? It's like a bite plate, the plate, right? Yeah. And then it has like the color, like it has the lead lights, yeah. or whatever, you know? So we have, we have auto brushes. Do they um, like them? Yeah. They tolerate them. No toothpaste still. Mason won't. My other kids will use them. Mason will do it, but it is, you bite into the bite plate, which isn't shaped to anyone. It's not like, um, shaped to her mouth, right? Like I have, we have them for us too, Oh, cool. but it doesn't, it vibrates a little bit and you're supposed to move it around a little bit. Okay. Cool. Um, but what do you know about those? I honestly don't know anything about okay. them. Um, I've seen them and I should get one at our office and try it out, but check it as long out. as it has like a nylon bristle and it's making that movement across the tooth, like in small little circles is what we recommend towards the gum line. I'd say, give it a go and see how you're feeling. I mean, yeah. you can always um, check with your dentist too and see what they, if they've known anything, I don't, I haven't heard about them. I've only seen one, I think in per, like on an ad, I haven't even talked, no parents have used them okay. or about them. So if you find out report back, because okay. I, I think from what I've learned, it seems like an incredible product, but I don't, it's almost too good to be true. Is what it feels also, like. I know there is, um, like act floor act mouth rinse has a disclosing mouth rinse. So what you could do at home, if you wanted to try and see the efficacy of it is you could, before you brush at nighttime, rinse with that mouth rinse and it'll disclose, or get you, I think you can order disclosing tablets on Amazon and you Ooh, just, that's exciting. And it'll turn your plaque where you need to brush purple. So that's how we like show kids will disclose their teeth rinse it off and it'll be just bright purple in there and kind of show them where they need to brush. So what you could do at home is try that out and then use the toothbrush and see how much purple's left after that and see if you feel like it's working enough. You um, can just get those tablets on Amazon or something or from your dentist. Where do you get them? And ask from your dentist. Um, but I'm okay. order them on Amazon. I've never tried, but I know we give them away to like our, par- our parents that want to like, pop quiz their kids at home and they'll be like, all right, pop quiz. And they'll have them chew one and then it'll show up where their plaque is. But I know act mouth rinse has a disclosing agent. Okay. Mouth rinse. So you can get, Ooh, uh, I kind of want that for me. That feels exciting. Yeah. Um, okay. Another question. All right. Two, well, I have two things flossing. Tell me your thoughts on flossing. You're a dentist. So I feel like I'm, I know the answer, but tell me. Your thoughts on uh, I have to tell you that it's good. Um, yeah, <laughs> you think that flossing is important. If you want to take your floss at the end of the day and floss your teeth and then run your finger over it and you can see like all the yeah. bugs at the end, or you can smell it. I always tell kids to smell it and they're like, Oh, that's disgusting. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Brush your, flush your teeth. Um, but what's really popular now is the plaque smacker things, the, uh, floss sticks. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they have a technical name, but everybody loves those. The thing yeah. about them is when you put it in between your tooth, like if you have a normal piece of floss, you put it in between your tooth and then you'd pull it, like give it a hug, make like a C shape around each tooth. You still have to do that with the stick. So I think yeah. a lot of people just pop it in and pop it out. So pop it in, pull it against the front tooth, push it against the back tooth and then pull it out. Yeah. Um, and with those, it is a little bit different because it's one short piece of string, right? So you're like getting all that plaque stuck on that one piece. So maybe mm-hmm. while you're flossing, clean that part off and then go on to like the next quadrant yeah. with a normal piece of floss. The good thing about it is you can floss and then you pull it and you get yeah. a piece and then you floss and you pull it. Flossing really helps just clean in between because the bristles of the toothbrush are way too big to reach in between your teeth. So mm-hmm. 
a lot of those kids that have cavities like in between the teeth or um, when you go and you get two cavities diagnosed that are like touching, that's usually from not flossing. Now, you know, some people don't have to floss genetically. Like they just have really great bacteria in their mouth and floss cavities. And I hear it all the time. They're like, well, we never floss and he doesn't have cavities. And this girl flosses all the time. My other kid flosses all the time and they have cavities. And there's more than just oral hygiene at home going at home, but going on, but we do have to do the best that we can to prevent like cavities from starting. You know, you never know if you're going to be the one that gets like lucky and has really good bacteria that don't have cavities. So. Okay. This was my next question is genetics. I wrote it in my notes here because I, it has to play a huge part and I'll, and I, you see it, like you just said, you see it all the time. My, my dad has good teeth. My mom has terrible teeth. My sister has ever like just fillings and cavities and root canals. And we had the same diets growing up, you know, same oral hygiene growing up. I don't have a cavity in mm-hmm. my teeth. I don't have a cavity in my adult teeth, not one. And don't be mad about this. I'm going to admit something to you. I, ha- I haven't been to the dentist in 10 years. Well, you're taking your kids at least. I do take my kids at least. This is like the thing, right? But also because 10 years ago when I went, I hadn't been in six years and my dentist after not going for six years, he's like, you have the best teeth I've seen all year. Like I, and I don't, I do, I floss every day and I brush and I don't drink dark sodas. I don't drink soda hardly ever, but my sisters can do this exact same thing. And every tooth has a filling, right? So there is something to say about genetics. Mm -hmm. It's real. So you're saying it's back the bacteria in your mouth. It's fun to have twins come in because that'll happen kind of often with twins where one will have a lot of cavities and one won't. Yes, it is a little bit genetic. There's a genetic component to it. So like, just like your gut bacteria that you get and you develop over time, like someone in Africa has a different gut bacteria than we do in America or in Honduras, wherever, but there are certain bacteria that cause cavities. And then there are certain bacteria that cause calculus, which is that hard plaque buildup that we get behind our front teeth. Um, and they're different. So Um, depending on what kind of bacteria you have in your mouth or kind of the ratio of them, you may have bacteria that develops more decay, or you may have bacteria that develops more of that calculus. And you may have a bacteria that really doesn't do anything. I don't, there are tests that you can do for them. I think at the general dentist, you could say, oh, I want to like get my mouth swabbed and they send it away and let you know kind of what's going on. Um, But that is one reason that we recommend like not sharing spoons with your babies. It's kind of based on your caregiver. Oh, Whoever was the primary caregiver to the kid at the time they were kind of developing, giving them kisses, sharing foods, sharing drinks, um, anything where you're swapping that mouth bacteria, you're going to give them what you have. Um, and I, again, eat crow because it's way easier to just eat after Noah, or if he's made a mess, I'll just bite it but our recommendation is to not share like oral appliances or oral tools with your infant don't share a toothbrush don't share a spoon don't share a cup with them let them kind of develop their own bacterial load um as they grow up now you're obviously going to give them some just from love hugging and kissing and whatever else but hopefully you're just not going to give them all the bad stuff quickly. Okay. This is, I've never heard that before. So interesting and feels like an impossible feat (laughs) as a parent. Is it just when they're little and they're developing bacteria or this is up through forever, not to share like a straw or whatever. Um, You know, I think it would be recommended probably forever for anybody to not swap spit 
you know, but you're kissing your husband and you're kissing your baby. So you already are doing some of that, but mostly recommended just while they're kind of like getting teeth in their mouth up until that three. I could look it up and give you like an exact probably time, but mostly until they're developing their teeth. Cause that's when bacteria are going to start to sit on those teeth. Um, okay. And with, so if like my sister who has bacteria that causes her mouth to have a bunch of cavities or whatever, when her kid, if those first three years that would affect their dental hygiene, if she was yeah. sharing, sharing bacteria. Yeah, for sure. Whoa. Parents, <laughs> this is really important. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that's, and it does some parents, um, they'll be like, I just don't know. Like, blah, blah, blah. and I'm like, well, who was the primary caregiver? And they're like, oh, well, grandma was while they were developing. And I'm like, well, what's grandma's oral health look like? And they'll be like, oh, well, you know, cavities and this and that. And I'm like, well, she probably gave Whoa. a little bit. So yeah, it can, it's huge. And I'm like, I don't think I, I think I've had one cavity. My dad's my dentist. So I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> but I've had one cavity. So I like feel okay, safe sharing with Noah, but I'm still like, Oh God, this is so bad. I'm like totally breaking all the rules, but it's just so much easier. I'm like, okay, great. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. We're a very sherry family yeah. now. I have to really think, think this through. I probably won't change it. Sorry. No. But <laughs> at this point, but that is really interesting to think of if you do have that really bad teeth and you have a for, new baby. For sure. Okay. That's wild. We've talked about a lot here, friends. We've talked about what we need to do at home. Is there anything like when you think about Noah, the one thing, like parents listening to this and they're overwhelmed because dental stuff is just really hard. Scary. It's weird. Give me yeah. one, if you need to, up to three things, like do the, do your best to do this. I would say do your best to use a fluoridated toothpaste for the nighttime brushing regularly. I would say push through that. Um, and then I would say make um, it a habit to go to the dentist and probably get them a dental home established with a pediatric dentist by one, you know? Yeah. Once they have a tooth. Once know? they have a tooth. So yeah, those are like my three top. Very good. You guys, listeners, you can do it. All right, now's the time. Wait till the episode ends and then just hang up and find that pediatric dentist. Today's yeah, the day. Go to... Um, the American Academy of Pediatric Dentists. I think it's like aapd.org and you can type in your location and it'll pop up with, you know, recommended pediatric dentist. It'll pop up with all of them. It won't even recommend one. It'll pop up with all of them. And then, you know, there's all sorts of mommy blogs. I'm sure that you could find one that everybody likes. Um, and then transitioning to the dental, to, to like a general dentist, um, and it is important because those, the special healthcare needs do fall through the cracks. I feel like medically, especially dentally, um, because it's difficult for general dentists to see them and it's hard for us to see them because they have all their adult teeth. Um, so trying to, once they grow out of that, like kind of pediatric age range, or they don't want to be seen by a pediatric dentist, I would strongly recommend trying to find, um, a general dentist that really like works with them and for them because maintaining that oral hygiene and that oral health care throughout life is going to be important, especially with their propensity to develop a ton of calculus and um, periodontal disease, the gum disease, which can eventually lead to like tooth loss. So I would say that's another really important thing too, as they start to transition into those adult teeth years. 
Very good. Noah said yes and amen. Huh, buddy? Listeners, I'm sorry. Oh, he is just wants down or he needs me He's to like, snuggle him. I want down. Oh, he doesn't want to get down. I love him so much. Um, um, Samantha, you've been so helpful. You guys, we did it. Our dentist yeah. episode. Look at us. Applause all around. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you for joining us. Um, I think if parents are questioning anything, um, go to the aapd.org. That's our academy and like that's who kind of rules. And you can even get like the guidelines for what we would recommend. Um, they're free to the public and there's like educational resources on there um that you can print off you can download the pdf um like there's even a guideline to children with special health care needs cool very good well you heard it here friends everything you'll ever need to know thanks again samantha for being on yeah you're welcome All right. That was such a fun conversation with Samantha. I guess let's go into some good news. We're going to take a little break. We'll be back with some good news. Time for good news. Time for good news. Everybody, welcome to the good news. Yeah, yeah. All right. Good news, friends. I have some good news that is pertains to this episode. So like I said, the kids went to the dentist last week and all three kids came home cavity free. Super grateful for that. And after hearing Samantha share what she shared, it's probably because of all the food sharing I did with my good bacteria in my mouth. I'm just kidding. I don't think it's accurate, but good job. They did a good job at the dentist. Mason and August did. And we made it through another appointment. So that's some good news. We also have some good news here from a listener. This is from Jillian Benfield blog, who says really rough start to the school year for a, her child, but had a great day yesterday. And we're going into meeting into a meeting with the team this week with a bunch of new knowledge. That is such good news. Jillian knowledge is so important. And if nothing else, when you're headed into an IEP, go into it, knowing that it's an opportunity to learn so much about what's going on and to gain knowledge and to share knowledge. And that knowledge, as they say, knowledge is power. Um, so thank you so much for sharing that good news. Listener, if you have some good news that you'd love to share about your loved one with Down syndrome, or if you are a person with Down syndrome with some good news to share, you can email hello with luckyfewpodcast.com or even better, well, not better, but another great way is head over to our Instagram account, the lucky few pod, where you can leave us a direct message or comment in the on any post, really share your good news. And we would love to be able to share it here on another episode. And now we're wrapping it up friends. Thank you, Josh Avis for editing this episode and Val Schleter for producing it. Um, thank you, Ashley, for managing all of our social media. You're doing a great job. If you like this episode and if you feel like there's people who could really benefit from listening to this episode, you can share that with your friends and family. We would love it. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And head over to theluckyfewpodcast.com for show notes. We'll have links to anything from this episode that needs a link. And make sure you're following on social media at Lucky Few Pod. And listener, you with your teeth and your smile and your cavities or not, you're slaying it. And we love you so much. We're here cheering you on. Can't wait to be together next week. Until then, brush on, 